It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on News Talk 850 WFTL. Folks at Tawnyville, who as legend has it, can predict the coming of an early spring. Uh, let me see here, checking the monitors. Nah, no prediction yet. In an event that means absolutely nothing to South Florida. Oh, it's, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Happy Groundhog Day, Bill. It's an American trip. Oh, good. Oh, good Lord. Oh, geez. Oh, they're dancing out We're there. Oh, there's at, confetti. There's confetti. There's something happening now. <laughs> they're just going nuts. Weather prediction. This has to be one of the biggest drinking events in, in American history. I think you're right. That You got this and then the Super Bowl next week. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a lot, right. A lot of drinking that goes on over, over the next week. Well, it's going on right now. They got some kind of prediction going on up there. They get 40,000 people for this thing now. We were just watching Fox. They sent Janice Dean the weather machine. She's, they're covering it live. I was listening to a little bit of the coverage yeah. while, while we were on break, and they were just up there singing and dancing. These two guys in top hats and long trench coats, <laughs> they're dancing around. They're hyping up the crowd. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot. It's a big deal. Yeah. They're probably going to set a record. Who the heck knows? Well, I don't it's know. fun. It's all in good fun, right? It's, it's for the kids. Sure. Sure it is. I don't see any kids at that event, so not from the live coverage anyway. I just feel like, what do you do on Groundhog Day? You just go out there in the morning? Like, is there any other, you know, do you put up a tree? Do you you eat a turkey? Do some fireworks? uh, You get hammered. Yeah. Probably call into work for the next tomorrow and throughout the weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Gobbler's Knob. Yeah, good old Gobbler's Knob. Yeah. I always thought that was a strange name. Again, the record was 40,000 in 2020 before everything was shut down up there for uh, for the pandemic. Next year, nothing, but they're expecting a, this just did come out, they're expecting a the new record this year. Even though it looks it looks colder than in years past. Yeah, it looks freezing out there, but I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if we hear over 40,000 from the crowd that we just saw on the little clip on one of our monitors here. There's a lot of people out there at good old Gobbler's Knob. Why did it get that name? I. It's a very strange name. There's a lot about this thing I don't understand. <laughs> so we'll tell you about. We'll tell you what the weather prediction is that doesn't affect us when he makes it here. I don't know what the heck's going on. In the I, meantime, yes. how about this? Yes. Oh. Seven hundred prediction. You got it right, Diener. Seven hundred million bucks for Saturday night for Powerball. I could just feel it in my bones that the call had been put in to roll this thing over as much as possible. Yeah, that could be now. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to wait because by the weekend, by Saturday's drawing, and we were saying this last week, by Saturday's drawing for this week, it would be at $700 million, And here we are. Here it is. So I am going to start buying tickets, although I will say this, okay? I've been holding out this whole time, and it's worked. Even though I'm going to start buying tickets, no one's going to win this thing. Really? Still? I think this is going to go up to at least $900 million. Really? Yes. Well, you know what else was right, too? We guessed yesterday $700 million Regardless of what happens, that would be the prize if somebody won it or if it rolls over because it's been jumping up 50 million each time. Yeah, exactly. So it's, (laughs) I'm still saying a few more, a few more uh, rollovers. Maybe in a couple weeks somebody wins. Could happen. But I'm going to start trying. I'm a man of my word, Bill. You are. (laughs) Doubt about that. Try anyway. All right. Well, this was uh, all over the news yesterday, and we were making fun of it because, of course, they broke this story. NBC had it first at literally 10.01. When we got off the air yesterday, 10.01, MSNBC broke the news. This matter, FBI uh, agents, as we speak, are searching President Biden's Rehoboth Beach home for classified documents. First thing I thought of, isn't that something? When it's Biden, it's a search. 
Right. When it's Trump, it's a raid. <laughs> it's a raid with photo ops and sending the staff outside of Mar-a-Lago uh, yes. and, and not letting them back in for all day long and different kind of a story with Joe. And Biden attorneys, not White House attorneys, Biden attorneys said that the FBI did not find any classified documents in the, the second home, Rehoboth, but they did take handwritten notes out of there. Which is interesting. See, to me, that's a, that's an interesting clue. Right. Right, because if you're getting handwritten notes, they must have known what they were looking for. I mean, they probably tracked some things down and they figured, okay, we got to go to this house because this could be like the missing link for some of the things that we're trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a reason why they're taking handwritten notes. It may not be classified documents, you know, officially classified from the White House that, that he still had. Right. But if they're taking handwritten notes, it's got to, in my opinion, relate to something in one of those documents or probably more than one document. I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm with you. You know? Because if I had heard about more classified documents, I'm like, well, it's not really a surprise. They probably just, you know, they had stuff all the way around. And most of these classified documents weren't turned out to be anything. It was the, the one in the other, the, the garage ones matter. Yes. Then you're talking about business dealings right. with Hunter, who we'll get to in a second here. But what raised my, my eyebrows when I heard about handwritten notes was just that. That's what they took. Like, yes. Hmm. Now, that's interesting. Why handwritten notes specifically? Right, exactly. So, yeah, the question is, again, what do those relate to? Mm. It's, uh, I don't know, I think that's more fishy than having the classified documents. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. In the meantime, in all things Biden, how about this story? Hunter Biden finally admits through his lawyers that the infamous laptop is his. Now, that's not, you got to search through the story to find out that what the story is, but that's exactly what it is. Here's the write-up, and I'll just read it word for word. Attorneys for Hunter Biden are reportedly calling for federal and state investigators of those, investigations of those who made accusations about him. Here's the important part. Hmm. His attorneys claim that information from his laptop was stolen and trafficked. From his laptop? Here's the takeaway. He just admitted, finally, the laptop was his. Well, there you go. The laptop from hell after all this time. But remember the story for two years? Well, we can't be sure what that is or whose it is. And it had nothing to do with uh, Mr. Biden. Oh, okay. Except according to his attorneys who say it was his. When are these people going to go to jail? They're not. You know what I mean? I don't think they are. (laughs) When are they going to be held accountable? I mean, the stuff that he had on that laptop was so disgusting and so awful and criminal. I mean, how is this guy just able to be like, yeah, you know, that was mine. And, uh, you know, they, they, they put some stuff out there that they weren't supposed to. What? No one. It's just so frustrating that these people don't get held accountable. Nope. They won't. They will in the public eye, though. I hope so. But they're not going to be. Uh, they will Not in the swamp. See, too, too well protected. And what bothers me is, is it too far gone? The, the word was already out there. You're not going to hear this story. No. You're not going to hear about how, you know, yeah, that the laptop is mine. You, all you know is what you already heard, which was, oh, well, it was Russian propaganda. Mm. And that's what sticks with people. I don't know. I hope not. President Trump has some interesting things to say about the, uh, the review of the media's coverage of the Russia fake hoax scandal. Hmm. And he blasted it. We got that coming up in just a little bit. But in the meantime, getting closer to something that's more fun to talk about than that, the Super Bowl. We played for you before the Alicia Silverstone playing Cher from Clueless ad that's going to be for uh, Rakuten. That was fun. But here's some other leaked stories about Super Bowl ads. Budweiser is going with a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon theme this year. Can't go wrong with Kevin Bacon. Michelob Ultra has released released its full Caddyshack-themed ad. Wow. Serena Williams, Tony Romo, who does an... They started to tease this already. He does an awful 
awful Bill Murray impersonation. Oh, no. He's going to impersonate Bill Murray in the commercial? As Carl. No. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Brian Cox from Succession. He'd star Jimmy Butler. Hey, Jimmy. And uh, an NBA player whose name I can't pronounce. They're all part of the uh, ad campaign for Mick Ultra. Huh. That's coming out. All right. Sounds fun. And here's another thing to look for. A cameo from Michael O'Keefe, who played Danny Noonan in the original Caddyshack. He's going to oh, be okay. in that. Well, that's good. They're all leaking out. You're going to know about them all. I know. I'm telling you, man. We're still a week away from the game. A solid week. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they haven't come out with, with the uh, the log for commercials. <laughs> Expect this one at, at 8.14. Right. Followed by. Come on. Right after kickoff. <laughs> all right. We've got uh, President Trump's reaction to the Columbia Law Review, the uh, journalistic review of uh, Russiagate. And it's uh, it's not friendly. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Speaking of the Super Bowl, an Eagles player may not make it. Got got hit with kidnapping and assault charges in Ohio 10 days before the game. Forget Super Bowl. This guy might be going to jail for a long time. Holy moly. Wow. And we'll see if there's going to be six more weeks of winter. And a story that doesn't affect us at all. Yay. It's coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate you. Let me see. Any updates from Pennsylvania? That little... That little rodent coming out of the hole yet? Nothing yet. No coverage yet. Every network is there with a camera, though. Boy, they sure are partying, aren't they? Oh, it is a drunk fest up there. Are you kidding? (laughs) They're partying hard. They got confetti cannons going. These guys are dancing on the stage in trench coats and top hats. Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. What a day. Gobbler's knob. We joke about this because it has no effect whatsoever in South Florida weather. But I'm telling you, for the re- there are still a lot of people throughout that area and throughout the Northeast and the Midwest who look at this and they're like, I want any more of this. Six more weeks of winter! So, when it says that it's going to be an early spring or, or you know, gonna- people believe in that. Yeah, they do. You're right. It does matter to a lot of people. I hate to say it, but you, it does. You gave his stats uh, earlier what he was right Punks Tony Phil is right about 39% of the time. In the yeah, not a lot. 140 years or something they've been doing this. You're better off flipping a coin. That's <laughs> true. But how does that compare to most national meteorologists? Well, that's, that's, that's fair. Except for ours, Bill. Well, of course. Jennifer's yes. awesome. Yes. We, we know that much. Or we know locally, too. This was uh, just information released yesterday by the uh, Palm Beach County. Uh, Discover the Palm Beaches. That's the tourism department. Check this out. For last year... In 2022, if it seemed like it was more crowded in our roads and our, uh, you know, resorts and beaches, you're exactly right. We hit a record for tourism just in Palm Beach County, and I'm sure that Broward and Miami-Dade were the exact same. Maybe even Martin and St. Lucie counties. But 9.1 million visitors came to the Palm Beaches in 2022. That's unbelievable. That's a massive number of people. It really is. I mean, think about that. Over 9 million people. And that also means, this was their, their statement, a record bed tax collection. Huh. Level unprecedented, over forty percent above the the past peak year, which is twenty nineteen. Unbelievable! It is probably going to be even more than that this year. And think about too. I mean, where the country is right now, as far as the economy, people are still spending money coming to Florida for any of the attractions. Mm-hmm. You know, theme parks, beaches, Cape Canaveral, zoos. I mean, you know, maybe you go in some of the nature stuff like springs or caverns. Right. You know, there's obviously the Keys. People is they they're still spending money here, so God bless them. <laughs> yeah, and that and that was the point the tourism officials were trying to make yesterday locally that uh, the money benefits the area. They said it doesn't just benefit the hotels, restaurants, transportation companies. At the end of the day, tourism adds to the quality of life of our residents. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we've got to deal with the tourists, but they do give us their money, so that's always good. <laughs> it's, more, it's way more crowded than it was, though. Yes, 
Very I much mean, so. I know a lot of that is infrastructure, the strain on that, because there's more development here than ever. But then you're right. That does mean more money. It comes with a price. Yeah. If nobody was here and nobody was coming here, the roads wouldn't be as nice. Right. The beaches wouldn't be maintained as nicely as yes. they are. Th- then we'd it's a trade-off. Too- yeah, it is. I mean, you know, you got to be willing to trade something off. And if that means, you know, yelling at people in front of you with out-of-state license plates while you're on 95, <laughs> then that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, we do that anyway, you know. I would love to see a breakdown, though, like count by county or, or by region anyway. Right. You know, $9 million was was $5 million in Central Florida, you know, and $3 million in South Florida. Mm-hmm. I'd be intrigued to see that. Well, in the meantime... From uh, beautiful Palm Beaches to the Swamp of D.C. Uh Well, actually, it relates to the Palm Beaches, too, because President Trump made this statement yesterday from Mar-a-Lago. He said this is just one of the many ways that the election was rigged and stolen. Mm. He's talking about information released in the bombshell Columbia Journalism Review of the Steele dossier. So this Columbia Journalism Review looks at some of the major stories and how the media covered it throughout the past year and years, in fact, and they absolutely ripped this media coverage of what turned out to be the Russia collusion hoax, which led to, as we know, two impeachments. Yep, that's right. One, one, led, one thing led to another when it came to first, you know, the Russia hoax. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Ukraine call. The uh, Remember, quid pro quo. That's, oh, my God. That was the only thing you heard for like six months. Quid pro Joe. Yeah, exactly. So... This is how Trump responded on Truth Social yesterday, and it's long, we won't read everything, but he said the Columbia Journalism Review, in no way a conservative publication, conducted an 18-month investigation into the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. It has just issued its report. It is a staggering, detailed account of lies, disinformation, and complete lack of journalistic integrity exhibited by, and this is where it gets funny, purveyors of the fake news at the Washington Compost, he calls it. That's, that's a new one. I like so, that, actually. Why didn't we steal that before? I don't know. Washington Compost. Do you think he just sits there with his, with his phone and he's like, ooh, this is a good one? <laughs> Sometimes known as the Washington Post, failing New York Times and many others. Um, and then Trump says this fake news with all of its dis- disinformation had a huge impact on the 2020 presidential election. And then the line is one of the many ways that the election was rigged and stolen. He's not the only one ripping this, though. Something else very interesting happened here. A media darling of liberals is Bob Woodward. Remember from Watergate? Oh, one of the yeah. journalists? He, this week, really for the past 10 days, has just ripped into media and the Democrats for ignoring his warnings about this very same Steele dossier. And he says the media coverage cheated Americans in the Russiagate coverage That's by lying amazing to for him to come out and say something like that. Isn't it? I mean, this is a guy who is in bed with these, you know, liberal media elitists. Yep. So, you know, it must be really bad. If someone like that, <laughs> and they love him, yeah, exactly. Right. If he's coming out and seeing, he's trying to be the like the you know the conscience of of journalism of these golly, less and less people believe it. Well, I hope the message continues to get across. I hope. You know so, what anyway. I mean? I sure hope. Well, as we go now, we're not going to go live. We'll just tell you what's happening. All the all the national networks cameras are focused on Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. They ripped that poor little rodent out of its hole. He, they're holding it up. Oh, and it's wiggling around and everything. Oh, man. I always feel bad for this thing. He is wiggling. Oh, I, I'm listening in one ear. What we, are they saying, Diener? We, we can delay the break because it's, it's happening right now. This is big news. Breaking news. Some of the only breaking news that happens during our show. I might be able to put it up. Do you want to hear it? Let's see what they say. All right, let's try it. Why not? Free nap at dawn. Oh, here we go. Oh, God. He's reading the scroll. He is. to the skies and then, speaking in Groundhog Ease, directed oh, no. this President Dunkel. 
to the proper scroll, which reads... How long does this go? I'm not sure. <laughs> I see the morning has brought the finest people. Oh. I see their bravery and spirit. The time has come, I can feel it. The excitement, I can hear it. I see the folks with gray in their hair, and I see the kids all young and scrawny. All right, let's go, Punxsutawney. Who wrote this, Abe Lincoln? Their eyes and cheeks aglow from the cold, clean air of sweet Punxsutawney. Wrap it up, Bill. You don't have to rhyme. I see that everyone knows their part, and I am merely the sage. But above all else... I see a shadow on my stage. Uh-oh. And so, no matter how you measure, oh. it's six more weeks of winter oh. weather. And there, and there it is, everybody. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. We got it just before we went to break. Why don't they ever boo him when that happens? I know. They're all cheering. Puxitani Phil is all proud of himself right now. Oh, you should see him. He's, <laughs> what a beaut. This guy is great. He's just sitting there in the arms of the guy in the top hat and... He's all proud of himself. Look at him. Well, at least they don't eat him anymore like they did in the 1800s. I'm still shocked by that little factoid. Oh, there it is. They read from the scroll. It's six more weeks, Bill. <laughs> all right. Oh, boy. And in, in weather, that doesn't affect us one bit. Nope. You know what? Maybe that means it'll add to our tourism, like that story we yeah, had Yeah, true. All right. We got uh, the Rock Hall nominations for 2023 came out yesterday. We got that. Some other headlines, too. It's coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. I know it doesn't affect us, but that was the announcement just a couple of minutes ago. We actually timed it. Diener timed it perfectly. We had it live for those silly people in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Read that thing in their silly hats. They ripped the rodent out of the hole. Yeah, it was fun. Six more weeks of winter. And they all cheered. I know. I always find that funny because really for the past few years, from what I remember anyway, they've said six more weeks of winter. And then everybody's like, yay. And I'm like, don't you not want to be cold anymore? <laughs> Diener, they've been drinking since 4 p.m. yesterday yeah, at that event. They say true. that, that uh, the early word out there is that they broke their record of 40,000 people. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know how you count them all, but yeah, really. it's a huge event out there, though. It is, but yeah, there uh, you go. It's official now. We know. All right. God, God love you. <laughs> it was fun. We, we got to do it live. That was it. Yeah. And now it's over. <laughs> Happy Groundhog Day. In the meantime, this feels and sounds like Groundhog Day. Every other day we're talking about it. <laughs> And it's up and up again. $700 million for Powerball for tomorrow night. I'm mean, sorry, Saturday night. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Here we are. The prediction came true. Yeah. It's not very often I get to pat myself on the back for a, a prediction coming true. No, you called it. <laughs> oh, you can't I'm, predict the winning numbers, but you know no, if it's going to roll over. That's right. I'm very often wrong, but I was, I was right here. I do think it's going to continue to roll over, even though I'll start to buy tickets now. I do think it's going to continue to roll over. We're getting close to a billion, I believe. Like around 900 million, then maybe somebody's going to win. Really? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Right. I don't know. Might as well go now. Right. It's more fun to say a billion than 700 million. I right. Not much. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, this happened yesterday. Literally, as we were getting off the air, MSNBC broke the story. This matter. FBI uh, agents, as we speak, are searching President Biden's Rehoboth Beach home for classified documents. Uh, the White House now is chiming in along with Biden personal lawyers saying that no classified documents were found at that secondary home, which would now be the third location that they searched. Yes. But they yeah. did say they took personal handwritten notes out of there. And that's the thing. And that's that's what I think about. Were they even looking for classified documents or did you, did they get what they were looking for? I don't know. I mean, if some of the documents are tied to, to handwritten notes and no one's paying attention to that. Exactly. I'd be more concerned. The thing that got my attention was handwritten notes. Why? More wait. documents would be like, meh, okay. He took personal notes. I mean, think of it this way. Biden took personal notes. Right. 
that the FBI feels were worthy of raiding his his beach home in Delaware right. to go get. Right. So you can only imagine <laughs> what those personal notes were. Obviously, I mean, I, I, I assume that they relate to the classified information that he was taking from the White House. I mean, maybe. And, the, and you're mean, right, maybe that was exactly what they were looking for. I want to know this. Why is it, like you just heard there at the MS, MSNBC story from yesterday, how come with Biden it's a search and Trump it's a raid? I do love the uh, word play that they always do. Yeah. Because at first, remember, they didn't want to say raid to Trump because it made him sound like a victim. Right. But then they did start to call it a raid because they're like, well, actually, it does make him sound like a criminal. So let's go with that. Yeah. So and then now the, they don't the infographic was Mar-a-Lago raid. That's right. In big red letters. Now they don't want to say raid for Biden because it makes him sound like a criminal. Right. So it was just a, it was a friendly search, Bill. They came in. They had some coffee. Yeah. Okay. You know, looks, look, looked under his bed a little bit. And they're not done looking, by the way. One of the most important details of this entire story that's been going on for weeks now is the White House itself set their little minions for the West Wing out throughout anywhere Joe Biden has been, lived, or stayed to right. make sure there's no documents there. <laughs> it's like, where in the world is Waldo? It's a search. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a nationwide scavenger right. hunt. Well, there you go. All right. In other news, and this is, to me, just crazy. First of all, the timing, but if the charges turn out to be true. And, uh, you know, our teams heading into a big game in the NFL always say that they don't want distractions. Mm. What are we, nine days away from the Super Bowl now? Yeah, that's right. Philadelphia Eagles offensive guard Josh Sills is facing rape and kidnapping charges in Ohio. Ah. Got, got this information yesterday. Wow. Uh, he's accused of uh, activity wasn't consensual, holding a victim against her will. In 2019... According to a statement from the state's attorney general there, he's been indicted on two felony charges. Eagles getting ready to play the Super Bowl against Kansas City in Arizona on February 12th. How does this come out four years later? I don't know. Right before he's about to play in the Super Bowl. And I know that. Goodness. I know that the comment has already been, well, the timing's really interesting. Yeah, but well, I mean... It's also a possibility this is just when they can officially get the charges done. Yeah, you know, or maybe whoever it was, who, the the alleged victim, didn't feel comfortable enough to talk until right. later on. And, you know, they feel the shame or whatever it may, it may be. And a couple years later, they decide to say something. And, right, then they do an investigation. But, man, you just, again, talk about timing. That's crazy. Right before the Super Bowl. So I assume he's not going to play? I mean, I think so anyway. And I know this isn't the most important part of when you're talking about those kinds of allegations. I get that. Right. But he is a starter, isn't he? I think he is. I mean, it's a that is a crazy. I did a double take on that one yesterday when I saw it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a wild one. It is. It reminded me not the same thing at all. But do you remember uh, the Raiders against the Buccaneers? And I think it was where was that? I think it was somewhere down here. I think it was. And what was Miami? I think it was Miami, right? Pretty sure. And one of the Raiders players disappeared. Yes, the night before the Super Bowl, he was gone. <laughs> like, what happened to the guy? And I think he was like the starting center. Or something along those lines. I think he was. I think you're right. And he just he just like lost his mind and ended up on like this whole binge overnight and nobody could find him and he didn't play in the game. That was I Well was Diener, like, to be fair, happening? how many people came to Miami for a work trip and never quite made the work trip? You know what <laughs> I mean? It happens. It you does know, happen. Yeah. It does happen. All right, well, uh oh. If you've been password sharing and who hasn't with Netflix, oh boy. Mm. Now they're starting to give us details on exactly how they're gonna crack down. Starting next month, by the way. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, if somebody outside your household tries to use your account on a non-trusted device... Huh. Quote, this is what they say in a press release. Netflix will prompt users who try to sign into your account elsewhere to sign up for their own account. 
Really? And block their access until they do. Is that right? Yeah. I thought they were just going to charge extra. Yeah, well, this is a new development. Huh. So, what in this scenario? What if that somebody's you? Like, here's the situation. Like, you're traveling. You want to open up your account at a hotel TV, for for instance. Right. Like, what happens there? That That's a security question, right? Sure. You would have to request a temporary code when you sign in. Oh. It'd give you access for seven consecutive days. The bottom line is they want to cut down on the password, the, you know, extra users using your account. Like me. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but they're not signing for their own. They want to sign in for their own, which is interesting. Because they, they're only choosing now to crack down on this. When they were still trying to promote Netflix over the yeah. past 10 years, they had no problem with it, really. It is interesting. I mean, I guess they realized, you know what, uh, we can be making a little bit more money if we do it this way. And I get it. I mean, if you're talking even 10% of people on Netflix are sharing a password, that's 10% of revenue that you're losing out on. That's a lot well, of money. I mean, it's true. I don't blame them. You know, to be fair, you got to pay for the service you're using. But yeah. You know what? It's like... It's, remember the steroid era of baseball? Oh, yes. Oh, they were fine promoting it when they got the ratings back up. Then all of a sudden it was cracked down. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, just keep an eye out on that. I don't know how that's going to work out for uh, some of the family family and friends plan that I have going on. <laughs> I know, me too. I got, I got two kids out of town. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Well, you know what they're going to do? They're going to make examples of some people at first, too. Oh, no. They really are. Like the first couple that they crack down on? Oh, yeah. They're going to be shamed. Oh, they'll put them in a news story. Oh, oh yeah. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Well, is this kid shamed or is he actually kind of a genius? A six-year-old, this is an unreal story, ordered $1,000 worth of food on Grubhub. Wow. And it was like a parade of delivery cars, and the dad had no idea what was going on. This is out of Michigan. But wait till you hear the dad telling the story. Oh, my goodness. $1,000. And it's not like you have... You're not communicating with the delivery people. They just show up and they drop it on the front yeah, stoop, so you yeah. don't know what's going on at first. There was a mountain of food. <laughs> really hear that. Oh, my gosh. We got that coming up, and uh, headlines first, though. Coming up next, the South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Well, it's not exactly like winning Powerball, but uh, could Florida teachers get a big pay raise? Could be. In fact, a lot of the legislators from Palm Beach County are introducing the Save Our Teachers Act into Tallahassee, and that would raise starting teacher pay to 65000 On average, apparently, county by county, that would raise that by uh, 10000 bucks. Yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis unveiled his 2023 budget. It includes a record $26 billion bucks for K-12 education. So I think Increased teacher pay would probably attract better and more teachers and retain the good ones, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. I don't see why not. Money talks, right? And isn't it funny? That was one of the, the um, I guess, criticisms against DeSantis when he was running against Gillum. Everyone's like, oh, I'm g-. I remember that my teacher friend's like, oh, I'm going to vote for Gillum because he's talking about raising you know teacher salaries. And Okay, and if they wow. had... And yeah. if that had worked out, they all would have been locked out of their schools. That's correct. Probably still. That's correct. And yes. there would have been remote learning forever. Yep. So happy that didn't happen. And then you got DeSantis who ended up raising your salary more than anybody ever thought they would. Yeah. Now, there's still <laughs> criticism, though. About a billion bucks from that is expected to go directly to teacher pay. But critics are saying that's not enough to move Florida out of the bottom three than the country for average teacher pay. No, I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. No, it's good, though. It's Absolutely. Very, I, I like it. It's a good development. That's for sure. 
All right, we've got uh, Powerball at a big, big amount, $700 million bucks coming up for Saturday night. That's a huge rollover, so that's happening there. And uh, out of the swamp yesterday in D.C., the headline that came out right after we got off the air, of course, like at 10.01 a.m., because that's when these things happen, was that Joe Biden's Rehoboth home was being searched. This matter. FBI uh, agents, as we speak, are searching President Biden's Rehoboth Beach home for classified documents. Just throwing that out there. A search, not a raid. Okay. Oh, sure. And no photo ops. Boy, how about that? All right. I'm just saying. Okay. But the update this morning is White House uh, lawyers and personal lawyers and attorneys for Joe Biden are saying that no classified documents were found. Nothing. Nothing. But. But. Many published reports that handwritten notes were taken out of that search Mm -hmm. in the Rollable Home. So. Makes you wonder what's going on with handwritten notes and why the FBI felt important enough to go to the home and look for those handwritten notes. I thought that was very, very interesting. Things that make you go, hmm. This is also very swampy, but it's something they had actually promised as soon as they took over control of the House in in January when they were sworn in. A group of conservative House Republicans, they want to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Goodbye. It's being led by Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs. See, this makes sense. That would be him from a border state, right? Right. Uh, He said he introduced articles of impeachment against Mayorkas. Sharp criticism, obviously, over his handling of the U.S.-Mexican border. Uh, Biggs said he's hopeful that Speaker Kevin McCarthy will back the move. I'm sure he will. Made the announcement alongside several Republicans. Representative Lauren Boebert, the gun-toting mama from Colorado. Oh, yes. And MTG Marjorie Taylor Greene of, of Georgia. So pretty much all the names you would expect to hear. Exactly right. <laughs> yes. Exactly right. This will get zero support in the Senate. I know. I mean, I wish they would. He definitely deserves to be impeached. So did mm-hmm. Kamala and Joe. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, not going to happen mm-hmm. because of the danger that they have put this country in through, you know, massive, insurmountable right. uh, illegal immigration that cannot be handled, overwhelming, and the drugs, the fentanyl mm-hmm. just pouring over. And... The terrorists who are also coming over, sure. hidden in between all the uh, illegal immigrants trying to come into the United States. And how about this, too? How about I think what just happened and cleared up overnight in New York City is a perfect example of this. How about also the the state that you put the migrants in themselves? That's probably the cruelest thing of all. It made life worse for everyone to run on the fact. And they did. They campaigned on this. Remember that line? America's open for business again. Our border is open. How can I forget you, it? You invited with the promise of this being a utopia to every migrant, you know, coming from a, a different country. When it's not. And a group of migrants that camped out outside of a hotel because they didn't want to leave. They were on the sidewalk, camped out. They want to go back to the, uh, uh, you know, processing center in New York City because they said the conditions were awful. So they camped out. They had to be cleared out by the cops in New York City overnight. I, I would love to hear from like a group of a thousand uh, illegals. And just, just, just get some from type them. of survey. I would, too. You know, and just ask, was this worth it? Was this what you expected? Are you happy you came here? Right. And, and find out, you know, hey, what was your thought process coming in here? And now what are you thinking now that you're here and you see that you're sleeping on the side of the street in, in New York or you're stuck in a processing mm-hmm. center for days, weeks, months on end? I would love to get reaction and, and thoughts from them, but no one's ever going to talk to them to find that out. So. It'd be fascinating, though. Yes. Somebody should do a real documentary and talk to the migrants themselves. What were you promised? Mm-hmm. What's been your experience so far, and what do you expect going, yes. going forward? And I'll never, I will never forget, and this was early in the administration. I mean, it was within the first week. 
Do you remember the first big, huge caravan of migrants and they came across and they had Biden shirts on? That's right. I'll yes. never forget that. Where did they get those shirts? <laughs> what in the world? I don't think they were buying those in the you know local uh, convenience store. I don't think so. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. All right. In, uh, <laughs> if you're a parent, you can relate to something like this. You really can. It sounds outrageous, but then you start to think about the process. It's really not that surprising. It's not. <laughs> a six-year-old. How old is your son? Uh, eight. Very close to this age. Yeah, yeah. And I've had, I've had two six-year-olds in the past, too. And with technology, I understand how this could happen. A six-year-old out of Michigan ordered $1,000 worth of food from Grubhub. <laughs> how did that happen? Oh, please tell me. Playing on Dad's phone. Oh, yes. That's how it goes. It's open. It's right there. Couldn't you see how this could happen? And normally the credit card info is saved, so all you got to do is go to check out. It's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Either it's all right there with Apple Wallet, or it's uh-huh. going to go right through to the payment thing. And if you've gone to a food delivery service before, it's right there. Keith Stonehouse is the dad's name. Good He's, name. It, Keith Stonehouse. Yeah, strong name. Mornings, classic rock. <laughs> Talking about uh, his son Mason accidentally ordering the huge delivery, but he didn't discover it because it's not like a kind of thing where you're dealing with somebody. All of a sudden, the food just arrives. That's right. They, yeah, they leave it at the doorstep. <laughs> Listen to this, and if you're a parent, tell me that you can't relate to this. It's piles and bags of food, and they're dropping them off at the door, so I'm not communicating with the drivers. <laughs> and I said, what is going on? Why are you bringing me food? He said, I don't know. You ordered from the Shortma place. He said, no. Oh, <laughs> that's when it dawned on him. Who has had who has had the phone? There you go. And he goes on. So I think I left the app open and he saw that when he was playing with my phone and just started going to town. So he ordered multiple orders, <laughs> chili cheese fries, the oh. chicken pita wraps. He ordered multiple orders of that, multiple orders of ice cream, oh my pizza. Oh, my gosh. So it's not like a thing. The kid was hitting buttons by mistake. These are kid foods. Yes, that's right. He's like, ooh, pizza, ooh, ice cream. More ice cream. Oh, my goodness. It didn't take him long to figure out uh, they were orders from his account. He said his credit card stopped a $439 order from Happy's Pizza. Happy's Pizza. (laughs) Happy would have been happy with that order. Wow. However... A 183 order of jumbo shrimp from the same restaurant did go through just fine. Oh no! <laughs> it's not the restaurant's fault or Grubhub. No, so you know you gotta you gotta pay up. Yeah. He said he was mad, but there's nothing he could do about it. That stinks, so, man. So what do you do? What do, what do all parents do? You make the best of what you can do in this situation, right? Yeah. He crammed almost all of it in the fridge. Oh, how do you do that? <laughs> Got it done. Well. What he couldn't fit in, he gave to the neighbors. Well, that's nice. Absolutely. I Think of it this way. He won't have to go grocery shopping for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to spend $1,000 in groceries at some point anyway. So. Wow. That's crazy, though. Oh, man. Yeah, he left the phone open, man. Get it to the kid. That's what's going to watch out. All right, good more headlines coming up next. And uh, more Super Bowl ads are being released. This one is 90s nostalgia. All about that. All I'm going to say is Alicia Silverstone is in one. I always liked her. Uh, Who doesn't? Yeah. (laughs) All right, then some headlines next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on News Talk 850 WFTL. February 2nd. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Uh, Groundhog Day? Uh, Groundhog Day? That's right. In case you missed it, about a half hour ago, my little rat, the little rodent, Punxsutawney Phil. Uh, you think he's related to the originals, by the way? Oh, maybe he comes from a long line of, of uh, Punxsutawney Phil's. He might. He uh, saw his winner. People were cheering. I don't know why. He means six more weeks of winner. Yeah, he got the shadow out there. Uh. Actually, I could never remember... 
whether, and this happens to me every year, whether it's shadow or no shadow, what it means, spring or winter. And you said something that now is going to stick in my mind forever. If you see the shadow, it means it's going to be cold. I Done. Had a, I had a third grade teacher. She was talking about this. I'll never forget it. She said, just think of the shadow and the dark shadow, and that's cold. So that means six more weeks. Mrs. Caffrey, she was a horrible woman. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, her legacy lives on. And, and I remember Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that, that works. So, uh... <laughs> So that happened. There, this early word coming out of Punxsutawney, which is a giant drunk fest. They think they broke their all-time record of 40,000 people. I got to tell you, from the crowd that I big. saw, it wouldn't surprise me. Fo- yeah. Fox and Friends was out there. They sent Janice Dean the weather machine to cover it live. That yeah. happened. Yeah, she was out there. Janice Dean, yeah. they sent her out to cover it. Right. It looks like fun. I mean, people are just having a good time. It's silly. You know, but everyone just kind of enjoys themselves. It was kind of funny after it was over. I was listening to the live feed. Yeah. And one of the, I guess, you know, city council guys or organizers of the whole thing, he's up there. Thanks, everybody. You know, uh, happy Groundhog Day. And uh, there's lots of places to have breakfast around here in Punxsutawney. So (laughs) (laughs) he's like, you know, lots of gift shops and uh, go enjoy. It funds their economy for the year. Oh, yes. So uh, (laughs) they didn't get these kinds of crowds. Prior to 30 years ago, when the movie Groundhog Day came out, it's 30 years of Groundhog Day. That's right. I guess they only averaged about 2,000, 2,500 people before it. Now they get 40,000. How about that? Boy. Speaking of the movie, which, by the way, some of these classics came from. That's right, Woodchuck Chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Get up and shake that hog out there. Yeah. Come here, <laughs> okay, they, they mocked small town hokey radio, but how many yes. people went into radio because of that? Yeah, exactly. Right. Speaking of the movie, though, some nutcase just finished watching it every day for a full year, and he wrote an article about it on something called theconversation.com, a website. Why would he do that? Every day. And he said he went through four stages while watching it. First is fun, blah, 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 and he goes to the second. Third stage is where it was interesting. He says, this is where misery kicked in. Oh. It's about six months in. He basically memorized everything already. And he says, when he was watching the movie, he couldn't help but talk to the characters as it played. Wow. And telling him what line was coming up next. How about that? And then in the final couple of months of watching this movie every day for a year, he says he started to enjoy it again because he was starting to talk about, you know, recite lines with other fans in the movie. And I could see that. As you get toward the end, you get into like almost a, a delirium state of joy. Uh, that's what it was, yeah. I think. And then they asked him at the end, would you do it again? He goes, absolutely not. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you ever want to see it again? No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Well, don't put on AMC today because I'm pretty sure they're going to have that on on a loop. I'm guessing uh, AMC. I, 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 probably, I right? Yeah. That's yeah. usually where you see a movie like that. Yeah, I think so. All right. From the swamp, we'll go to the headlines. Big news yesterday. This matter. FBI uh, agents, as we speak, are searching President Biden's Rehoboth Beach home for classified documents. So this is interesting. This is the only time you see the Biden personal attorneys. And they say they were the first to report. No, no classified documents were found in this home. Nothing. No, no fun. Well, gee, they had a head start. Do you remember it was two weeks ago the White House sent out the minions? in a nationwide search to make sure no more classified documents were in any location Joe Biden lived? Oh, yes. So yeah. if something was in that house still, right. that would have been triply pathetic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a good point. But I'm also wondering, well, two things. Number one, first the question, what what made these handwritten notes so important that Very true. FBI felt like they needed to go out there and look for these things. Yeah, because there were some handwritten notes reportedly taken out of there. Yes. No documents, but handwritten notes. Right. But number two, you think we're kidding. 
when we say everything happens after the show. Now, to be fair, Tom Brady did retire during the show yesterday. We did get that news. That was a pretty big deal. That's right. They carried us in the second half of the show. Yes. And we had Punxsutawney Phil this morning, but that's every year. Right. That said, at (laughs) 10.01, I'm not kidding you. I had left the studio for a couple minutes. I come back in. I look up at one of the monitors, and I say to Bill, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) And it's breaking news that FBI is searching, searching, raiding, whatever you want to say, one of Biden's beach homes. And we're like... It's 10.01. And that was that little cut we played. That was MSNBC. I guess they had the first bit of it. They had the first news story. And it's it's a search, not a raid. They, they'll never say raid. Ah, uh, yes. It's no raid. No, Because there's no, I guess, no photo ops where they take all the stuff they're looking at and put them on the floor and, and leak out the picture to the media like they did at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, exactly. Man, tell you what. All right, <laughs> better news. Let's get out of the swamp for a second and start talking about some football. Old school. I like it. The old classic Monday night football theme. Love it. It's not on a Monday night, but we're what, nine days away from the Super Bowl? About that, right? Nine or ten? February 12th. It's the big date. Glendale, Arizona. And already, as predicted, a lot of the Super Bowl commercials are leaking out. At least information about them. Well, I think it's going to be a lot of nostalgia this year. That's my guess. Because of what they're showing so far. The online shopping rebate site, is it Rakuten, I think? I think that's how you say it, yeah. They're bringing back Alicia Silverstone, who I always loved, to play Cher from Clueless again. I also remember her in the Aerosmith videos. Yes. <laughs> Those were good, too. All right, bring it back in. All right. Reel it in. All Here right. she is. Don't bug. Your girl is back. So 90s. Love it. So 90s. There's also a Budweiser campaign, I guess. The whole bunch of spots they bought. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. How a six-pack connects people. No, that's good. I he's mean, he's not in it though. He's not in it. He narrates it. Oh, okay. Well, you can't go wrong with Kevin Bacon. He always works. It's always a lot of beer ads. Michelob Ultra is teasing its full Caddyshack themed ad that they've been teasing throughout the season. Tony Romo does that awful Carl the Groundskeeper impersonation. <laughs> yeah, I've heard him do that before. It's very cringe. He's in it, but it'll also feature Serena Williams, Brian Cox from Succession, the old guy. Oh yeah, he, he'd star Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's right. Jimmy's got that uh, Michelob Ultra. Endorsement there. And a WNBA player whose name I can't pronounce, but she'll be in it too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Alex, oh, Alex Morgan's in it. <laughs> oh. The, the soccer star. Big fan of hers. And uh, boxer star Canelo Alvarez. Nice. It's also a cameo from Michael O'Keefe. Played young Danny Noonan. Noonan. Uh, <laughs> Noonan. <laughs> drugs what? Danny every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Well, that'll be fun. That sounds like it'll be a good, a good commercial. I'm not being biased because Alex Morgan and Jimmy Butler are in it. Yeah, you're biased. Yeah, a little bit. You're still biased. Big Alex Morgan fan. Oh, who isn't? Who? <laughs> All right. Uh, Super Bowl news that is off the field. Crazy story about an Eagles player yesterday. Don't think he's going to make the game with felony charges now alleged, uh, you know, brought against him. He uh, was indicted yesterday on two of them. Yeah, this uh, this was startling when I saw it, honestly. Crazy news about that. And better news, though, we got some more Rock Hall nominees to talk about. That uh, The Rock list for 2023 came out. Here's an interesting name. Willie Nelson? How do you think he feels about this? I'm not against it. Me neither. I wonder if he is. Huh. It's coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. When you try to use black history to shoehorn in queer theory, uh, you are clearly trying to use that uh, for political purposes. Okay. Like it or not... Everybody is pretty much saying it was a big win for Governor Ron DeSantis in education because high school students can now take the AP African American Studies class after some changes. 
It was uh, the original was blocked by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, along with the Florida Department of Education, claiming it was contrary to state law. The college board uh, stripped those parts out, and now the course is back on the table in a revised version. Look at that. This is an amazing turn of... This story gets really, really heady. There's a lot of details involved with it. There's a lot of controversy again. So we're trying to, like, describe this as best we possibly can. But you don't often see a reversal, of course, when it comes to curriculum like this. Especially that quick. And so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly, (laughs) Right where you were about to say. Yep. And that's... This whole thing started, I want to say, last week. That's what what we mean by quick. I mean, the, the blowback from DeSantis came out when he was made aware that this AP Black History course, or courses, mm-hmm. were, I mean, like you said there, they, they were trying to kind of put in, like you would think about a spending bill, they put in pork, has nothing to do with the spending bill. Mm-hmm. They were trying to put in different uh, things involving, I guess, LGBTQ indoctrination. Exactly. Putting that into this AP Black History course. It was an ideological agenda that was forced in there. Right. And then you, no one would have seen it unless you took a, a really a, a real look at all the curriculum and take a look at it. It just would have gone in there forever. And it just, yeah, it had nothing to do with black history. It was just like, hey, we're going to put this in there as well, and they right. can learn it, and it will hide behind the name of black history. And DeSantis is like, no, that's that's not part of the course. That's not education. That's not education. It's indoctrination. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that. And so when that happens, everyone goes, wait a minute. Why is DeSantis blocking black history courses? And that wasn't the story at all. That's what they turned it into, of course, right? So according to the college board, the curriculum took a year to create, and it's been piloted in dozens of schools across the country already. Hmm. The new syllabus still includes the study of black artists, inventors, and gay Americans pivotal in the civil rights movement. It'll be available to about 500 schools in the 2023-24 school year, but the stuff that has nothing to do with any of it that is pushing an opinion one way or the other is right. taken out. And that's it, what it should be for any, of any, course. any course. Of course. You don't have opinions. This isn't a debate class. Uh, Georgetown African-American studies professor, he, has, uh, he says he's hopeful about the new curriculum. This is the beginning of a process that will more democratize American education and rightfully put forward where it is that black studies should be in the curriculum across the board. I agree yes. it should be. But the ideolo- ideological stuff and the opinion and the and the, the agenda and the propaganda shouldn't be in there. So no. it's a win for all at the end of the day here. And I got to tell, absolutely, I got to tell you, it's offensive to me that they decided to try to hide these, you know, these ideological indoctrinations. Absolutely. In an AP Black History course because they figured, well, we'll just put that, we'll stuff that in there because, you know, we'll get away with it. It's Black History and, you know, maybe no one's going to pay attention to it. And then if they try to say something, then we're going to be able to defend it and say, oh, well, what do you mean you're going to take out Black History? So that's just offensive to me that they tried to use that as a shield. You know, that's a good point. They should be offended to say, why just try to, to stuff that in here? Right. Why ours? Yep. Exactly. You know, why, why, why is that the shield? Right. Exactly. So I'm glad this was caught. I'm glad it's been resolved again right. so quickly. Right. And now the courses can come back. The proper course where you the, where the students will actually be learning about black history and not, you know, some theories and, and opinions that have nothing to do with it. That's a big change, though. Man. I mean, it's a complicated story, but there's a lot in there. In the meantime, we go to the swamp. Uh, President Trump, we all wondered out loud yesterday. In fact, I think we put it in the promo. What will Donald Trump's reaction to Nikki Haley running for president be? Didn't expect this. Do you see the statement on Truth Social? Nikki has to follow her heart, not her honor. 
She Whoa. should definitely run. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I'm confused. Me too. So, follow her heart. Not her honor. So, again, he's playing the loyal-disloyal card, it sounds like. It sounds to me, and when I first read this, the first thought I had was, it's really passive-aggressive. Sounds like it, right? Right. She should definitely run. Should definitely run. It's kind of like when he used to say things about, remember when he used to, in the first term, when he used to talk about people that may challenge him, he goes, I I think I'd enjoy that. Yeah. Is is that what this is? Is is it just a challenge thing that, that gets him excited? Is it an honor thing? Like, you know, is he kind of hinting around the disloyal thing again? It sounds like when he says listening to her heart and not honor, I mean, that's what I take away from it. If you're saying she's going with her heart rather than going with honor, it sounds like to me he's saying she should be loyal to me right. and not run against me. But she should run, you know. But, but you got to follow your heart. Run. Wow. It's like the DeSanta statement. You know, there's some people say it's it's disloyal. I don't say it is, but it kind of is. It but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Very confused. Very confusing. <laughs> All right. In a different world, this actually is probably more controversial. It always is. The list of the Rock Hall nominees, the 2023 list, came out yesterday. Oh, yes. Highly controversial. 14 nominees in all. Eight of them are first-timers. You ready? Yes, please. Cheryl Crow. Who I think is great. Yeah. She'll be in there. Missy Elliott. Interesting. More like a R&B. R&B rap, hip-hop. Yeah. Yeah. Joy Division slash New Order. No. (laughs) (laughs) Out. All right. (laughs) Cyndi Lauper. Maybe. I mean, yeah, look, I like She's had like like three top ten hits. Yeah, I mean, I like her a lot, but I'm just not sure. Uh, You're a big fan of George Michael. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. The White Stripes. Love. Jack White. Love Jack White, one of my favorite guitarists of all time, but I'm just not sure they had enough to put them in the Hall of Fame. Two-person band, he, his sister, his wife that he claimed to be his sister in a very weird kind of way. Yeah, that was weird. But Warren Zevon. Werewolves of London. And Lawyers, Guns, and Money. Yeah. Uh, the other six are Kate Bush. To wrap up an amazing year, she made all that money from running up that hill from Stranger Things. Wow, Kate Bush. How about that? Iron Maiden. How are they not in? I don't know. Rage Against the Machine, I hate them. I know, but they they were good. Soundgarden. Yes, yes, yes. A million times yes. The Spinners. What? The Spinners never made it in? How about that? Classic Motown. Huh. And A Tribe Called Quest. They've been mentioned before, and th- th- that's an interesting one. Right. Because they did change a lot of stuff when they, when they first came out. Hmm. Acts that didn't make the cut. Coldplay, good. <laughs> Britney Spears, lover but good. Muse. Oh, Muse, Muse is going to go in there one day. They are amazing. System of a Down. They should be in there one day, too. And Lauren Hill. She's a rapper, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, same thing. Like, you know, rapper, R&B. She was, she was in the Fugees with uh, Wycliffe Jean back in the day. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, Killing Me Softly? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> was that her? <laughs> it was. Oh, my. Yeah. Voting for the fan uh, vote is currently open on their website in the Rock Hall. I don't know if they listen to us, but, you know. I'm going to go on there every day and vote for Soundgarden. <laughs> Soundgarden needs to be in there. Chris Cornell, just put Chris Cornell in, in there twice as a solo artist and in Soundgarden. The guy was amazing. You can do that as long as you also vote for George Michael. No, no. <laughs> Core Sunny Artist. I, mean, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not. I have never been a George Michael fan. Well, Can't do it. He speaks well of you. Oh, no, he doesn't. He's passed. <laughs> <laughs> where's the where's Powerball right about now? Where is it? Where does it stand? Were we right in the prediction? I think so. Yes. 
All right, we've got that to talk about as well. Oh, we have a follow-up story we had a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember the Iowa care facility that sent a lady over to the morgue <laughs> saying she was dead, but she wasn't? Yeah. They have uh, gotten the word about what their penalty is for that, that move. It's coming up next. The self Loader Morning Show. Keep it here. Folks at Tawny Phil, who as legend has it, can predict the coming of an early spring. Here it was. Doesn't affect us at all. But no. it's a, it's a national event. It's it's a tradition. I think it affects us that you know they got six more weeks of winter. We have six more weeks of tourists. Well, coming down. you know you're right, Dina. It actually does affect us. Maybe in that way. I mean, if it's a nasty, what you cannot keep people from coming to Florida. Proof in the pudding. Look at the numbers that just came from visit the Palm Beaches just yesterday. We broke another record from tr- the year 2022. Palm Beach County experienced a record-breaking nine point. $7 billion economic impact Ooh. from all the people that came in. Yeah, the streets were more crowded. 95 was busier. Hotels were booked. Restaurants were crowded. But it means 9.1 million visitors came to the Palm Beaches. Wow. How about that? It's really something. I mean, when you when you think about the amount of people that came here throughout the year, we saw most of them, I do believe, honestly, on the road oh, yeah. in South Florida. But I would love oh, to yeah. see a regional breakdown. You know, how much of it was Central Florida? How much of it was South Florida? Dade south down to, to the Keys. I bet you Broward and Miami-Dade got, I mean, percentage-wise, it's a bigger county. Mm-hmm. They're bigger counties, but they probably got an even bigger increase. I would think so. Can't just be us. No. I mean, so are we talking the state of Florida or just Palm Beach County with that number? Palm Beach County with that number. With $9 million? $77.8 million in bed tax revenue were brought in. Oh, geez. I thought the $9 million was all of Florida. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Total spending at $6.7 billion. Total economic impact at $9.7 billion. Wow. They also uh, touted how the money benefits the area, saying it doesn't just benefit the hotels, restaurants, transportation, but uh, the quality of life to our residents. I don't care how long we're talking about this, how long the earth exists, this will always be the number one industry in South Florida. It'll always be yes. tourism. So those numbers, the $9 billion, right. the $9 million tourists, $9 billion, that was just Palm Beach County. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was all of Florida. Suppose we wow. should be nicer to him. I guess. <laughs> Here I am talking about, we hate you on the road. Right. But thank you for spending your money. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, that explains why, you know, anytime I go anywhere, really, I see out-of-state license plates wherever I go. And that'll never change. Is, have you noticed that, by the way, when you go into, say, um, you know, the perfect example, I think, is the parking lot at Disney or, or Disney Resort. Mm-hmm. You walk through and you just see... There's West Virginia, there's Texas, there's New York, there's Virginia, there's North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh, Georgia. I mean, everywhere you look is a license plate out of state. I, I think I see more out of state license plates in a Disney parking lot than I do Florida. Honestly. I see that, I see that here at Costco. It'll <laughs> 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 have to go far. It's not a bad point. Yeah. I'm always amazed when you see. Have you ever seen like an Alaska license plate down here? Like, how? I don't know how they do it. I've seen Hawaii twice. Wow. And I've seen Alaska a couple of times. Really you have rare, to though. Ship a car. Very rare. I just buy a new one at that point. What are you I, talking about? Some of the really rare ones, like I've seen, like you know, New Mexico and Nevada a couple of times. Right. Right. In, in this area, you don't see those a lot in, over here. I'm sure wow. once you go out that way, you see a ton of them. Wow. All right. Well, in other news, a lot less fun too, but still important. It happened right after we we're getting off the air yesterday. MSNBC had it first, and then it went everywhere. This matter, FBI uh, agents, as we speak, are searching President Biden's Rehoboth Beach home for classified documents. 
No pictures, though. No, not a raid. No, not like Mar-a-Lago. No, we're not going to see those pictures come out with the documents spread out nicely, and they all say classified on them. Well, they say there were no classified documents found in that search, but there were, according to several published reports, there were handwritten notes that were taken out of there. That's interesting, isn't it? Hmm. I do find that very intriguing. Why would they make it such a... A point. What was so important about handwritten notes right. that they had to go search his house for it? Exactly. Hmm. And then in all things Biden, how about this? you got to read between the lines to, to really truly understand what they're talking about here. So Hunter Biden's attorneys were in court in Wilmington, Delaware yesterday. You know what they wanted? they calling for federal and state investigations of anybody that made accusations about Hunter. What? Here's the important part. His attorneys claimed that information... From his laptop. His laptop. That's their quote. Now they're admitting it. Exactly right. Information from his laptop was stolen and trafficked. This is the first time, the first time in the two-year story they have admitted that it was his laptop indeed. After two years of, that's not his, we don't know what that is, Uh, well, false allegation. No. Now that you want charges against anybody that had info on the, the laptop from hell... They they just admitted that it was his laptop. I gotta tell you that is what is really quite a play. I mean, when you yeah. think about this, right. so they they have to go after people who trafficked his laptop, which we always said it was, but there was you know the story was oh it was just Russian misinformation or propaganda. It was a plant. Was, none of it was real. It was never his. Now they have to admit that it's his, which means everything on there was his exactly because they want. A prosecution for people who put out his own personal information and all those disgusting, awful pictures of him doing awful things. So in in order, it's very ironic, in order for them to go after these people, I think Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon were named. So, oh, oh, yeah. Those uh, are the top two. Yes. Yeah, so in order for them to, to go after Giuliani and Bannon, they have to first admit that, yes, this is Hunter's laptop. Yes. So, I mean, you talk about a catch-22 because there's awful, awful stuff on there. They admitted it. It's his laptop. So now what? I mean, doesn't he get in trouble for the stuff that's on there now that they admitted it's his? Think of what this led to as well, right? All the side stories and how impactful this was. We know the the effect or lack of effect on, on the 2020 election, right? Sure. Because the information about that same laptop they're talking about was suppressed. Right, exactly. Now think about what that led to. It led, it led among other things, to Elon Musk buying Twitter. Yeah. Because the New York Post story was squashed. They got thrown off of Twitter because Miranda Devine had the story called The Laptop from Hell. That's right. Had all of the information. She was exactly right about everything. And it led to all of that and the expose and the revelation that big tech working with Democrats squashed all of that story. Talk about a snowball effect. It's massive. All all this because he left his laptop at a, a repair shop in Delaware. Yep. My gosh. And unfortunately, the repair shop guy looks like a kook. Yeah. So he was easy to disparage. Right. Right. Wow. What well, unreal, man. So it's it is it's, it's quite a play. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, it's all related to that. And they finally, for, through court proceedings, have finally admitted for the first time that's his laptop. By the way, Steve Bannon, and this was hilarious because mm. since Steve Bannon and Rudy Giuliani were named as part of you know the complaint as far as people that his legal team, sure. Biden's team, Hunter Biden's legal team, were going after. They were talking about the story on the on the Today Show, so they actually had to show a quote from Steve Bannon as part of his <laughs> his legal response, right? Because he's got like a defendant now. Yes, and so his statement was that they had to show on national TV on you know the left media and said, "I thought uh, Joe Biden told us this was all Russian propaganda." <laughs> <laughs> that, that was his official statement. 
That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So there you go. It's all out there now. Well, I mean, what comes from it now? Those people, I don't think those people have faced charges. I'm amazed they even are going after them because they had to, because exactly what we just said. They had to admit it. Yes. You would think he would just lay low and be like, no, let's just forget this thing ever existed. Wow. Okay. There you go. We'll see what comes from it. Yeah, really. Know. That's a great statement from uh, from uh, Bandon, though. You're exactly It was right. really funny. Wow. <laughs> and they had to put that out there. How about that? All right, we'll have an update on a story that we had for two weeks ago for you, which we thought was absolutely amazing, and it still is. Remember that care facility in Iowa that uh, falsely pronounced a resident was dead? I'm not dead! <laughs> now, they <know> the, <laughs> now they know the price they're going to pay. This is a horrible story, but it was... It, uh, they they are facing a $10,000 fine. That's it? The Iowa Department of Inspections and Appeals issued two state violations against Glen Oaks Alzheimer's Special Care Center in Urbandale. It was an Alzheimer's center? Doesn't, isn't that awful? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's in the Des Moines area. The resident was taken to a funeral home in a body bag. Oh, no. And was found uh, complete. She's completely alive and well, by the way. So she was As we just, stand right oh. now. Just laying there in a body bag alive. Do you remember the call from the very calm funeral home worker saying, hey, um, yes. you remember that resident that you sent over claiming she's dead? Yeah, she's, she's fine. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. That's all they got? This place, this place should have been shut down. Oh, yeah. I mean, good gosh. Are you serious? $10,000 fine. Yeah. They put the lady in a body bag. In Iowa terms, maybe that's like a million bucks. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Oh, no. Got some more headlines coming up next. We've got uh, Super Bowl stuff to talk about, good and bad. And this is totally relatable if you're a parent or a grandparent. You've been around kids at all. This six-year-old kid in Michigan ordered $1,000 worth of food on Grubhub. And the dad had no idea where it was coming from. We're going to hear from him coming up next. The East South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Now, she doesn't have to deal with, thank God, unless she came from that area. I don't think she did. The Punxsutawney Phil coverage. Now, every network has sent their main person out. Fox sent Janice Dean, the weather machine, friend of the show. Oh, yes, that's right. And she's still there, talking to, talking to the leftover drunk, passed out residents. It's a drunk fest. I, I'm telling you, man, it was so it was so funny after we, because we covered it live. We actually got to yep. do this. Timed out. Timed out perfectly when, when little Phil was coming out of his hole there and looking for his shadow and as soon as it was, it was over i started listening to kind of like the after coverage to see what they were going to say and one of the representatives comes up he goes all right uh enjoy Puxitani. uh lots of great places for breakfast <laughs> he's like don't forget Where? the gift shops we've got uh, some arts and crafts downtown I'm telling you it was just like that's over and have a good day <laughs> That was it. So he shot. He saw his shadow, which doesn't affect us at all, unless you know you believe in the, the point that Diener made. And you're right. More that just means more. If it's a colder winter, it means more travel, more residents, more tourism for South Florida. Yes. That's good. There you go. But it, they're they're saying now that this event is done, and they think they got a head count of people. They think it broke an all time record of which was forty thousand people showing up for this thing. I think they did. I'm telling you, we we both saw that crowd standing out there. It would make sense to me that they broke the record. I guess we'll find out for sure. Who counts the attendance? I don't know. I mean, it's not like they sell tickets to this thing. It's just out there, you know, in in a park or whatever you want to call Gobbler's Knob. Such Uh, a weird name to begin with. uh, I always mix that up with that first town in New Hampshire that votes. Yes. What is that? That's something something, notch. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> why they named towns like that back in the day. But it's also the 30th anniversary today of the Groundhog Day movie. What day is this? It's February 2nd. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Uh, Groundhog Day? Uh, Groundhog Day? I guess they... Well, oh, sorry. They never got these crowds before the movie. It used to be like 2,000, oh, 2,500. Okay. Now it's averaging about 40,000 people. So you have people coming from all over the country yeah. to be a part of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. I don't think 40,000 people live in that area. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. Where is Punxsutawney? Do we know? I, I mean, know. we know it's in Pennsylvania, but... It's in Pennsylvania. Stop. Basically. No, it's like right Middle part the of the state, I think. I don't know. Oh, geez. Here's <laughs> some information about Punxsutawney Phil. Some of it amazing, some of it horrifying. He's only been right 39% of the time, by the way. Predicting six more weeks of winter or not. It's not that impressive. And he usually Sorry. does go with six more weeks of winter. He said no shadow only 19 times we know of. But that. 19 times? Haven't they been doing this since like the 1880s? Yeah. It's 1886 was the first one. 19 times. It's a lot of winter. And there, here's the one. Here's the here's the factoid that I that shocked me to my core. I don't know when, how long they went on with this. I don't know when they stopped it or who it was that stepped up and said, "You can't do that." But they used to eat Phil after he made the no, prediction. Please. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, please. No, this is awful. Oh, gosh, poor Phil. Served him up right after the first official oh. Groundhog Day. They ate Phil's descendants. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they used to write up, they used to have a diary entry, and I guess they still do it with a silly guy with the top hat that makes the prediction, the guy that we aired sure. live. And they write up, you know, different things about different notations about the different events and what they thought and the crowd and all this stuff. They said, Phil was tender. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was fork tender. <laughs> oh, my God. That is horrifying. That's terrible. Whew. Now he's treated like a rock star. Wow. That, that little groundhog there. There, I told you this is a big drinking town. During Prohibition, in the 30s, Phil threatened to take drastic action. The organizers said if they didn't let him have a drink, he'd impose 60 more weeks of winter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he was, wow, Phil was trying to make a difference, wasn't he? How about that? Well, there you go. So, by the way, just a couple of notes. Yes, please. To answer some questions that we had. Number one, we were at, we were saying, or at least, I guess, observing we were like, boy, it looks really cold out there this this time. It, it sure looked like it, colder than last year. We were right about that. Really? Currently, the temperature in Punxsutawney is 15 degrees. Really? Now. So when they did this thing at 7.30, I mean, or people are out there since 5, 6 a.m., it must have been like 8, 9, 10 degrees. If they broke a record with that temperature, Oof. that's pretty impressive. Good for them. I think that just means there was more drinking going yeah, on, Of too. course it was. It's like a tailgate. And you were right... It's it's pencil pencil tucky as you call yeah. it, because in the middle of nowhere Pennsylvania, that's where uh, Punxsutawney is. It's a beautiful state. I mean, when you drive through Pennsylvania, it's it's gorgeous. Oh, it's but beautiful. You're in the middle of nowhere in a lot of places. Well, I got a friend from Pittsburgh. He says, "Out east we got Philly, and west we got Pittsburgh, and in the middle is pencil tucky." <laughs> That's exactly what he told me. I had never heard that before. <laughs> That's really good. That's where we hunt. Yeah, there's a lot of hunting. <sighs> anyway, well, speaking of Philly, by the way. Yes. Closer and closer to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Crazy story. We'll just give you real quickly here. They may uh, the Phil- the Eagles may be without a uh, starting lineman. Eagles offensive guard Josh Sills. I think he's a starter. Not that that's the most important part of the story. He's facing rape and kidnapping charges that were just Good Lord. handed down to him yesterday. 
according to a statement by the state's attorney general, he had been indicted on two felony charges. As the Eagles are getting ready to play, it was from a, a charge uh, f- uh, accusation from 2019. Wow. Crazy. So this just comes out now? Yeah. Isn't that nuts? It is. I mean, that's uh, teams don't like to deal with distractions. I can't find a bigger distraction than that. That's really bad. Wow. So not sure what's going to happen there. I guess you got to keep an eye on that one. Wow. In better uh, off-the-field story about the Super Bowl, I thought this was interesting. And I kind of like, I said, well, couldn't they have done something else? But I don't know. Maybe this is what they wanted. I guess it's a feel-good story. Hmm. Two Ukrainian refugees are heading to the Super Bowl. Okay. A couple near Kansas City sponsored them last year, and they've all been living together. Wow. They were at the AFC Championship game last week when the Kansas City Chiefs got involved, of course, and gave both couples tickets to the game. That's nice, right? I mean, I guess are they fans of American football since they went to the game? They would be now. Yeah, I'd say. Here's the moment that the uh, Chiefs organization awarded them tickets. It was hard for me, but uh, I wanted uh, my family to be in safe. These are some tickets to the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks where hopefully you will have a chance to cheer on the Chiefs. Okay, now I have a jaded mind. (laughs) Oh, no. And my heart's all charred. But I would just say, can they, like, auction off the Super Bowl and try to get more of their refugees back here oh. out of Ukraine, or they're, but they're like, eh, we're going, <laughs> <laughs> we're tailgating, let's go. Uh, that's just run, runs through my mind. Did you find that a little odd? It's it's an interesting story, but it is kind of feel good too. Kinda, I, mean, I yeah, I guess, yeah. I don't fault them for getting the tickets. I think it's great. It just. Okay. Next thing we know, Biden's going to be sending over season tickets to all NFL teams, <laughs> along with tanks and $10 billion. Well, the NFL is going to announce a, uh, an uh, out-of-state game in Kiev oh, probably geez. next. I don't know. <laughs> we got Hamburg. We got London and Kiev. But the couple made me laugh. They're like, they're like, you know, we were mostly worried about our family still back there. But we're going to the game! Woo! Okay. Well, yeah, I guess that's fair. Enjoy it. That's all right. That's cool. I like it. <laughs> you can send them pictures while you're at the Super Bowl. <laughs> all right. Oh, no. I would think you can help them out, but that's okay. Well, All right, coming up next, uh, we're all looking to save money these days. We have a way for you to save and extend the life of your laptops and cell phones. You know who's that information for us? John Matarisa, Consumer Reports expert. Oh. He's coming in next, the Self Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Well, look, we're all looking to save money these days, and we know how much new phones cost. I mean, Good Lord, you got to take out like a like a small business loan to get a new phone these days. But there are simple ways to make your phone and laptop last longer, so says John Matteris, our Consumer Reports expert, and from Don't Waste Your Money segment on WPTV, our news partner. John, first of all, this is n- incredibly relevant these days, and can you really do that? Is this like, do I need like a, a tech degree to be able to do this, or can even I do it? <laughs> Anybody can do it. You know, uh, you get that nice new phone, nice shiny new Galaxy or iPhone, and it works great for a year. Right. You know, that battery lasts all day, all night. And then after about a year, you know what happens, Bill? It's like middle of the afternoon, and it's low battery. And it's like, what the heck? How's it low battery? You know, I've barely been using it. Well, that's what happens. It's part of the planned obsolescence. It's also that you've been using it a lot. But we sure. talked to some tech experts, and they say, you know, a lot of people just are, are – killing their iPhone and their Galaxy and also their laptop batteries uh, because a couple of things. One is you need to reboot every now and then. Basically, like once a week, if it's a laptop or a phone, shut that thing down and reboot it because it needs to do security updates. Also, it's healthy for the battery uh, because you may have 
apps open, things running in the background, and you don't realize it, that things are running all day on your phone. So by shutting it down and rebooting it, anything that was running in the background, uh, some app, you know, Waze is on uh, all day long, you know, it'll, it'll shut that down and you start fresh. So weekly, you really need to reboot these devices. The other thing is, and, and I really didn't know this until I talked to some of the experts, they say, a lot of us are overcharging our phone battery, and that's like overfilling your car's gas tank. In other words, you know, you get home and you put it on the charger, you have it on the charger, and then all night you're sleeping, you have it on the charger, and you're charging that phone like nine hours a day. Phone doesn't need that much charging. I mean, a phone will hit 100% in like two hours. When it hits 100%, unplug it. Right. By overcharging it, you're actually making the battery lazy, and that way when you're driving around and running around, it's going to run down faster. Wow. The more you charge it, the lazier that battery gets. It's like me, which lazy. I know, me too. It kind of makes sense. And that was one of those conspiracy theories we all thought was happening like 20 years ago with new phones. But I guess it turned out to be true. Yeah, don't don't keep it on the charger all the time and be sure to power it down. And with the laptop, the other thing you want to do besides that is don't use it on your bed. Um, You don't want to use it ever on a blanket or even on the couch cushions, if it's like a soft couch, Mm -hmm. because the laptop needs to get air to the back of it and underneath to keep it cool. And you put that on a blanket, on a comforter, it's not getting air. It's overheating. And then once your phone overheats, your laptop overheats, it's going to slow down. Eventually, you can start components failing because it's not getting enough air to keep it cool. Wow. How about that? Things you wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking yeah. of the economy, a lot of people are looking for different kinds of jobs these days. A lot of people working from homes. How about that remote job that looks so great and you're hardly going to have to work and they give you a ton of money? You mean to tell me there are scams involved with those two? <laughs> there are so many. And the worst part is these remote job scams are all over the major job sites. They try to knock them down, but every day new ones pop up, and they'll even use a real company name. They'll use a real company name that you've you you know you've heard of, and you think you're working for that company, and it's not. They'll just copy their name. They'll make a posting. They'll say, yeah, you're working for this you know major uh, medical company, and you're going to be a, you know, a customer service liaison with uh, patients, and this is great. We're going to pay you $5,000 a month, work from home. This is awesome. You know, and the whole thing is just either to get you to send them money or to steal your social security number. And you just got to be so careful. When, when you find that job online and somebody wants to, you know, do an interview and give you a job, be careful if they want to give you the job right away. You know, and, and basically an immediate job offer. A real company doesn't do an immediate job offer. And here's the biggest red flag. They won't do a face-to-face interview. These days, anyone, you know, wanting to hire you for remote work, should be able to do a Zoom interview with you. But the scammers won't because they don't want you to see who they really are. Right, exactly. Wow. you got to be yeah. careful everywhere. So, you know, when they say, yeah, when they say, oh, we just do an email interview or we just do it, the worst is the text. We do a text interview. You know, uh, and I had somebody that's like, yeah, they're texting me back and forth. I said, that's no job interview by text. You know, <laughs> if it's a real company, you know, somebody's going to pop up in the Zoom box and talk you about working for that company but the scammers who are usually outside the country you know they're over in india africa somewhere they they don't want you seeing them uh, and realizing that they're scammers so be so careful and you get that instant offer or they want to chat with you about by text yeah that's probably a scam probably 
Scams are everywhere. You're keeping us from those and saving us some money to and saving my battery. I'm going to use all of those tips. I appreciate it, John. Thanks. Don't waste your money segment on WPTV News Channel Five, but also John Metteris, all of this stuff, all over social media. But where do we find you there? Yeah, John Matteris Money on Facebook and on Instagram, and John Matteris on Twitter for a daily consumer alert. All right, you're the best, buddy. We'll talk to you in a week. Well, speaking of saving money, by the way, yes, it, we forgot to get to this story. Diener last time. It's my bad. We got involved with other things. I think we were talking about Hunter Biden and we got all worked up and all this other stuff. Well, it happens. But if you have a child, you've been a child, you've dealt with a child, you have a a cell phone, you're a grandparent, doesn't matter. Babysitter, you can understand completely how this could work. This is a great story and I think you're going to put it on the blog. Is it blog worthy? Oh, not only is it blog worthy, but it is newly minted on the blog. It is there as we speak. He just pressed enter. That's right. This six-year-old kid out of Michigan ordered a thousand bucks worth of food from Grubhub. It's my one of my worst nightmares. He was playing with his dad's phone. Obviously, that's how it happened, right? Yeah. But you'll hear him explain. The dad's name is Keith Stonehouse, and it makes sense why he was so confused or why it took so long to clear it up. Because usually, the delivery—if you've ever ordered from one of these food delivery places—they're in a hurry. They're doing the job. They grab the stuff. Sure. They, they run up to the step. They drop it off and they leave. They don't have time to chit chat. Right. So he couldn't get an explanation out of anybody. Well, what the heck is going on? Until he found out and put two and two together. Oh boy! And then light dawned in his head. Here's how it starts. It's piles and bags of food, and they're dropping them off at the door, so I'm not communicating with the drivers. And I said, what is going on? Why are you bringing me food? He said, I don't know. You ordered from the Shortma place. He said, no. Oh. This is when it dawned on him. <laughs> he, of course, had oh, let the kid no. play with the food, and the app had to be open, right? This is what Keith said. So I think I had left the app open. And he saw that when he was playing with my phone and just started going to town. So he ordered multiple orders, chili cheese fries, the chicken pita wraps. He ordered multiple orders of that, multiple orders of ice cream, pizza. Now, when I first heard this story, I was thinking, it's just a kid. He's six years old. He's just hitting buttons, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Now, when you think about the kinds of foods that were being ordered, right? A lot of them, 439 bucks from Happy's Pizza. Happy's Pizza. That's a lot of money in Happy's Pizza. Uh, orders from other restaurants, uh, salad, chicken wraps, chili cheese, ice cream, three orders of ice cream and more. These are kids' orders. He made some good choices. I'll give him that at least. So his credit card stopped a $439 order, that one from Happy's Pizza. But oh, okay, that one didn't go through. The $183 order of jumbo shrimp. Just That's all on jumbo shrimp? That, that's a lot of shrimp. Wow. Too. And that went through just fine. So well, there was no stopping that order. At least he can freeze the shrimp <laughs> and eat it a little at a time. Oh, my goodness. So he says, of course, he was mad. He's freaked out. You don't know what's going on, right? Oh, man. You think it's like a prank. But there's really nothing he could do about it. So what dad power kicks in? What does he do in this case? We can't return the food. You technically paid for it. They did their job. You know, Grubhub needs their money. Nothing, nothing you can do, yeah. He crammed almost all of it, like a like <laughs> Jenga, yeah, into the fridge. Hey, listen, that's the way to go. You're going to spend that money anyway on groceries. Now you don't have to go grocery shopping. Try to save as much as you can. I'd make the kid eat shrimp forever, eat all of it. <laughs> what he couldn't fit in there, he just gave to the neighbors. All right, that's good. He also tried to talk to his son about it so we understand what went wrong, but he was just trying to explain. The kid stopped him and said, Dad, did the pepperoni pizzas come yet? <laughs> 
That kid knew what he was doing. Oh, my God. I mean, I mean, on those apps, too, whether, you know, Grubhub or Delivery Dudes, whatever you use, then oh. you're, normally, for convenience, you end up storing your credit card on there. Of course you do. It's and right. They, everything is connected to it. Everything's there. Right. It's totally understandable, first of all, if you have a kid, yeah. have had a kid, and you have a phone. All of this could happen. Easily. All It's kind of, it's well, not as bad, I would imagine, because at least you can use it. But do you remember the story over Christmas where that, that little girl ordered a mountain of Amazon toys? Yes, yes. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. There really isn't. I mean, you get, maybe you go on GoFundMe. Uh, Since your story goes viral, maybe people will help you pay the, the credit card bill. That's about, that's about it. it. Yeah, that's it. That's all you can do. By the way, I hope that guy is faithful to his wife because the last thing you want is for your son to go on, Hey, Daddy, you have a Tinder message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I forgot to close that app, too. Dad, who's she? <laughs> Can she be the babysitter? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my. Whoops. All right. Might as well wrap this up with another consumer story. All right. Watch out now. Now Netflix is out with the details on how they're going to crack down on password sharing. Remember? The story came out that they're going to start. Well, it starts next month, and here's how. Kind of, sort of. It gets a little confusing, but hmm. this is what you got to watch out for. So if somebody outside your household tries to use your account, that's pretty much all of us. Yeah. On a non-trusted device. Hmm. Like if you're traveling, or if one that they don't recognize. Okay. Netflix, a warning will prompt up, and it'll uh, urge users to sign into your account elsewhere or sign up for their own account instead oh. and block their access until they do. That's intriguing. So if it's if it's a secondary like um, non-main um, you know device that doesn't recognize that you know somebody like my daughter on her cell phone. Right. Right. It'll say your access has been blocked. Sign up for your own damn account, cheapskate. So, <laughs> so it's possible then that you know your family and friends, if you use that account at their house before, if they've yes. been using that account for a while, yes, probably still get away with it. It's possible, but it also so this led to a bunch of Q and As on the on the Netflix website because a lot of people travel, right? Sure. And you use like the hotel. We've done that. Use like the hotel TV. Just sign into Netflix. Yeah, that's an unknown device to according to them because right. it's not connected to your thing. Uh, and you have to request a temporary code to sign in then. Oh, they send you one of those, send the code in a text message. Exactly. Right. For seven consecutive days is how they're doing that. Okay. But they're going to they're gonna track people down by unknown devices is how they'll do it. Hmm. So it's not as bad as we thought, maybe? I don't know. See how this works. I don't know. If my Netflix bill is like $200 all of a oh. sudden, I know what happened. Oh, I know. Exactly. I don't want that. I got to figure something out. Oh, boy. Whew. We got that password everywhere, man. <laughs> it's, cr- it's cross state borders. Oh, no, it's floating around. They're going to find me first. Oh, boy. All right, we've got uh, another Super Bowl story to talk about. Some of the commercials are coming out, and we have the nominees for the new Rock Hall of Fame. Willie Nelson is listed in there. I think it's justified. I do too, actually. Does he, though? It's coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. 97.9 HD2. Talk 850 WFTL, the South Florida Morning Show. As Dina, a Bill, and Jen is coming back on Tuesday. The just, day is almost here. I mean, we're, we're days away. It's not even like, oh, Jen, we're, you know, she's going to come back next month. We're days away. Jen's going to be back. Talked to her just the other day. She's doing fine. Good. Everything's great. She's a little bit upset about some of the changes here. Not with us in the show. Right. We just went through, we just signed up for a new whole email system. She's not happy about that. <laughs> it was that happened during her time away. <laughs> And it's funny because, well, not, I mean, not funny, obviously, what, what ended up happening with her heart surgery, but it was ironic where we knew this change was coming in our email system. Right. And you, if you have ever gone through a change... 
at your place of work, you know <laughs> right. how much of a pain in the butt that is. It's traumatic. It is. And you're used to one thing, and now the whole system is going to change. So it was happening while Jen was going to these doctor's appointments, and then she ended up being gone for the surgery while she was supposed to go through this change, and she got left behind with it all. So she had to, it's just been a mess for her. I feel bad. I'm so sorry, Jen. You know, it's like, it's bad enough if you haven't been in the office, like where you work, but if something like that changes over and you're trying to get used to it, it's like, oh, it's like going to a new school. Yes. <laughs> you come God. back and you got different teachers. Coming up at, besides the great Jen news for Tuesday, coming up at uh, 9.30 here, we've got news about um, it extended... A new version of an old feature we've had on the show, though, that we're going to kick off as soon as Jen comes back on Tuesday. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's new, what we're going to do. old. Yeah. And we're going to use, amazingly, we'll give you the details on this. The reason why we wanted to kick this off then and tar- talk, start talking about it today is, you know how you can reach out to us through the 850 mobile app, which is great. You should have that anyway. We just learned this week that not only can you text us on the app, we had absolutely no idea. You can leave us an audio message. How about that? And we got an audio message about this segment. Yes. I had no idea. This is the greatest thing. If you guys can, I mean, we always encourage you to reach out on the text line or the app. But if you want to leave us audio messages, this is this is a whole new ball game. It really is. We I mean, strongly encourage this. It's it's a game changer. And plus, we're, we're like, like Bill said, we're going to play you the audio message to let you know what's going on. If you can match up to the audio message that we got that you're going to hear, we encourage anyone and everyone to send us some audio messages because it's it's a it's a doozy. It's very, great. Very excited about this possibility. Yeah. All right. In the meantime, we're also getting closer and closer to the Super Bowl. That's uh, nine days, ten days, nine days away. Well, it depends. Do you count today? Well, I guess ten. All right, ten. Ten days away. Yeah. From Glendale, Arizona, the Eagles. And the Kansas City Chiefs, the tough part of the news is off-the-field stuff. This is this was a crazy story. Then we're going to get to something better after that. An Eagles player may not even make the trip. Offensive guard Josh Sills is facing some serious assault and kidnapping charges in Ohio, uh, for, stemming from an allegation from 2019. The attack was not consensual and uh, holding the victim against her will. Mm. That was a statement from Ohio's uh, attorney general. He's been indicted in two felony charges. They're accusing him of rape, I think, it's right? Rape charge and kidnapping. Jeez. Those are not messing around. And the, the indictment is a serious, serious deal, so I don't know what's going to go on with that. I mean, if you're indicted, I don't think you can play in the Super Bowl, right? How does that work? I mean, I'm pretty sure the coach is going to sit you. Well, <laughs> I would imagine. Oh, my gosh. I, I've never quite heard about charges like... We've had people who have gotten in trouble Super Bowl weekend that didn't make the game. Right, I mean, we're talking like stupid stuff. You know, they get into a bar fight or something. And that's, ha- that's happened. Sure. Nothing like this. I don't. Th- I mean, I don't think anything like this has happened in such a high-profile way. But uh, it's happening. I don't know if you can. Ma- you know, and that's not even the most important part. I totally get that. There's serious allegations, whether or not he makes the game. But still, that that's that's a fact. Is he not a starter? I think he is. I, name sounds familiar. I think he's a starter. Oof. Man, are right, any better news? We're starting to get more of the Super Bowl commercials. There's going to be a whole Budweiser campaign, by the way. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. He's not in it, but he narrates it. Okay, can't go wrong there. By the way, real quick, side yes. note. Do we know if Budweiser is coming back with the, with the Clydesdales at all? Have they made that announcement? No, no announcement. If they do, it'll be a big, big surprise. Come on. Or they'll, they, I don't know, if they leak that out, it'll be next week. The Kevin Bacon theme is showing how a six-pack connects people. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Had this for you before. Alicia Silverstone is going to play Cher from Clueless again. 
for the online shopping rebate site. Uh, it's Rakuten, right? Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Right, Love I think that. So. Mick Ultra's out with the Caddyshack full-themed ad they've been teasing throughout the football season. Tony Romo's horrible Carl the groundskeeper, Groundskeeper, yeah, Creeper. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a creepy impression is the problem. It's really bad. What happened to Tony Romo? I don't know. Um, but it also has Serena Williams, Brian Cox from Succession, mm. Jimmy Butler from The Heat. Yeah, my guy. Alex Morgan, soccer Ooh, star. That's my girl. <laughs> and uh, boxer Canelo. He'll be in that, too. Canelo, also, he's great. Also, a cameo from Michael O'Keefe. If you don't know him, he was Danny Noon in the original Caddyshack. Nice. What the heck does he look like now? <laughs> well, I guess we're going to find out. Noon. So, sounds like a fun commercial, though. Danny. <laughs> You're my pal, Danny. <laughs> and this came out, the Rock Hall nominations 2023. Voting is actually up now on the Rock Hall's website for the fan vote. I don't know if they actually listen to the fan vote. Is it more of like a suggestion, almost like a a barometer, see what people are thinking? Whenever I see fan vote, I never really think they listen to it. I know. Like the Golden Globes, didn't they have a fan vote? I believe they did, actually. I don't think they really do. (laughs) But there are 14 nominations, eight of them first-timers. Sheryl Crow? I like it. Missy Elliott? I I love Missy Elliott. I'm just not totally sold on her resume to, to get into the Hall of Fame. All right, fair enough. Uh, new Age stuff, Joy Division, New Order. No. Cindy Lauper. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I've always liked her, but again, the resume, I'm not sure. Two thumbs up for George Michael, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Solo, not Wham. No, not just just George He's Michael. He's not in for Wham, is he? I, I sure hope you not. You can't tell me George Michael would be a two-time rock hall person. Listen, I mean, my preference aside, he did have a lot of hits, but cannot stand George Michael's music. I'm sorry. Willie Nelson. Yes. Put him in. Dolly Parton got in. You might be saying, well, Willie Nelson's country. Listen, that man is a music legend. Also, all the all the rock artists as he's inspired. I want to hear from, he hasn't like re- responded to it yet. I want to hear a quote from him about that. I think he should he should go in there. The White Stripes. Jack I, White. Love them, love him, but again, the resume, not long enough. Warren Zevon. Does he have enough? I don't, I, a big writer. Yeah, true. Besides Werewolves in London, so I don't, I don't think he'll get it in, though. Kate Bush. Just for one song? What a year. <laughs> Come on. After, boy, she made a, made a ton. Wouldn't she make like 10 million bucks off oh, Stranger so Things? so much money. But Good yeah, for one song. Yeah. Iron Maiden. Yes. Rage Against the Machine. I say yes. Okay. If you I'm, want them up there in, the, in Cleveland burning American flags, I, you can I go know, right ahead. I know. I don't agree. I don't like their politics, but they had great music. A Tribe Called Quest. I see. They're, they're borderline for me, too. The Spinners. That's a Motown group, man. I don't know how they didn't make yeah, it in yet. Yeah, that's true. Soundgarden. A hundred percent yes. They should be the headliner. Yes. Okay. I don't know why they're not in there yet. I don't know. That needs to change. Fan voting up right now if you want to try to make a difference. They're going to announce the uh, inductees in May, which is always controversial. It is. It's like it's like when we talk about the Toy Hall of Fame. That's right. <laughs> Coming up next, and we decided to uh, unearth it for a reason. Coming up here just past 9.30, we'll talk about a uh, reformed segment that we have on the show. It's big news, actually. Thanks to an audio message from a listener. We've been inspired. This is an amazing development. <laughs> we got that and some other headlines. Coming up next, the Self Loader Morning Show. Keep it here. Folks in Tawny Phil, who as legend has it, can predict the coming of an early spring. Six more weeks of winter! That wasn't from today. That was from the Groundhog Day movie, which, by the way, is 30 years old. Yeah, that's right. 30 years. 
I actually, you know, it's funny. I had never seen that movie, and I just saw it. Well, I'm not like it was yesterday, but I think it was like maybe five or six years ago. I finally sat down and I watched it. It's, mm-hmm. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's one of Bill Murray's best, I think. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, he did predict six more weeks of winter, by the way. There's a reason why Jennifer didn't have it in her forecast. That affects us not one bit, except for tourism. We have, see, it's funny up there. They have six more weeks of winter. We have six more weeks of tourists. That's, that, <laughs> that's how it goes for us. Right. That's Punxsutawney Phil predicts six more weeks of tourists in Florida. I just saw a thing uh, somebody put on Facebook, one of my friends. We should have Larry the Lizard. It's like, hold him up. Yeah, that's the iguana. We got six more weeks of temperatures in the 90s. <laughs> we should do it like the start of summer. I like it. That's a good idea. On his 30th anniversary, factoids are coming out. And some dude, some blogger for something called theconversation.com. Just wrapped it up yesterday. He watched the movie Groundhog Day every day for a full year. That's a bad idea. And he went through four stages of almost like he go through four stages of grief. Right. He went through four stages. He documented when he blogged about it, watching this movie. The first was fun, you know, blah, blah, blah. Second was kind of boring. Third stage got interesting. He said it started six months in. Depression hit. Oh, no. He had memorized everything. And he was watching the movie miserable. <laughs> he was, and he was talking to the characters as it played, telling them what lines were coming up next. That's that's got to mess with your psyche. I'm sorry, like that has to do something to your brain. Fourth stage came around month nine. That was a lot better because he was talking about it with other fans, and they could relate different lines of what it meant to them. And, and he got some stories out of them. And they asked him at the end of it, "Would you ever do that again?" No. Would you ever watch Groundhog Day again? No. Oh, no. That's it. He's done. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so he's sitting there watching his Groundhog Day. I was just looking up. Runs a little bit over an hour and a half. So what we'll call it, because that, that probably includes credits and things like that. So we'll call it an hour and a half. Yeah, but oh, my God. He took an hour and a half of his day each day to sit and watch that. I wonder. I am interested to see how he did this. Did he watch it at a certain time every day? Did he dread it? So maybe he would wait till like 10 o'clock at night to watch it? Yeah. And it was it? Well, that's what he does for work. So yeah. that was his project. Oh, you no. think he, I don't think there's no way he watched it every day. That's awful. Is there a movie? Maybe this is a pukey radio question. Is there a movie that you would do that with? Like if someone paid you, if that was your job, uh, that you would volunteer and say, okay, if I had to pick one movie to do this with, that's my job, that you wouldn't mind at least giving it a shot to watch it every day for a year. It'd be one of the classic comedies. Or oh, you know what I could watch? I really truly think I could. One of the classic late 80s John Hughes movies. Okay. Like uh, 16 Candles. Right. Or Better Off Dead. Okay. Those kinds of movies. So the one every day for a year, 16 Candles. Oh, maybe not that one, though. That's tough. I don't know. <laughs> uh, See, it would have to be something that's not too long, because right away our heads go to, like, you know, Gladiator or The Godfather. Right. But then that's too long. It takes up too much of your day. You, could probably, you know what? A movie I absolutely love is another one Jen hates. Step Brothers. I love that movie. That's I mean, one of my. Yes. I think it's like top three all-time favorite <laughs> comedies for me. I love that movie. It's. I mean, it's an absolute classic. It's I might hysterical. be. I may be able to watch that on a loop. It would have to be something that. Yeah, you already like. Now, would it be a Christmas movie? You know what I mean? Something because we watch those all the time anyway during December. Right. So could it be something like Elf or Home Alone that you could put on and just watch? No, the ho- No, I don't think I could because the holiday thing. You have to be in the mood for the holidays. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Weirdly, I didn't see the first year of my life. I didn't see "It's a Wonderful Life" this year. Wow! I just, I just missed it. Just I didn't see it, it yeah. anywhere. It was on. I think it was. It was late in the Christmas season. Right. It was on one night on NBC. I remember seeing it. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. Speaking of watching Groundhog every day, how about this? That's right, Woodchuck Chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Get up. Remember the cheesy radio guys? Oh yeah. 
<laughs> and I know there were mocking radio cheesy guys in a small town, but how many people I bet you went into radio 30 years ago because of that? I love those guys. <laughs> That's right. Right. That was them. All right. Here's the big news we have to share with you. Jen is coming back on Tuesday. Yay! Good that's, news. That's huge. Everything's huge. fine. We talked to her the other day. Everything's great. And also, also we have this. Two, <laughs> two pieces of news. As much as we've talked about the 850 mobile app, which you should get anyway, go static free. That's how you should listen. Everything you get, information-wise, all of the blogs... All of the shows, the morning show blog, everything is on there, right? Right. And you don't have to worry about being in your car to listen. You can go if you're in the store, if you're in your house. You're like, oh, I want to hear that. I didn't hear them talk about that one thing yet. You just put it on the app. It's easy. Now, we like the text line, too. But the app, you can reach out to us as well. You know, there's a little text thing, and it winds up, and it gets transferred to our email, and we can respond to you that way. What we did not know (laughs) was that you can send us an audio message. In, instead of just a text message. This is a huge revelation. And I think this is awesome. Yes. Good or bad, whatever it is. If you want to reach out and do, like, we play your audio, I, yeah. Just do it. <laughs> if, it's, if it's good enough, like the one we're about to play you, because it kind of connects to our reveal here of what's coming up, we will play the message. And this one, I, th- I think we're going to keep this one for a long time. We got one just yesterday from a guy named uh, Elaine. I, don't, I thought it was Alan at first. I believe it's Elaine. Okay. Here's what he had to say. Again, through the 850 mobile app. What happened with Rapid Fire? That was the best show ever. <laughs> How great is that? <laughs> first of all, the sound quality. Obviously, he's in his car. That sounds great on his phone. It does. It's nice and clear. And I just love it. What happened to Rapid Fire? That was the best. <laughs> Ever. We're not mocking you, Alan. Thanks for no, reaching out. I, I Appreciate it that. very much. It's well, great. we got some news for you. Rapid Fire is coming back along, coinciding with Jen coming back. We wanted to wait for that, where we'll give you the headlines and chime in and all that stuff and kind of, you know, share the stories along. That'll kick off Tuesday. At the bottom of the hour, each hour is how we're going to do it. So it's an expanded version of Rapid Fire, which we traditionally head on at 730. That's right. So now it's going to be... Not only is Rapid Fire coming back yes. on Tuesday, along with Jen, so Tuesday's going to be a big day. That's right. Sorry, Monday, you still have to d- deal with just Bill and I with no Rapid Fire. But then Tuesday, Jen comes back along with Rapid Fire, and we're going to be more of like an around-the-horn type thing Yeah, and see uh, you know, some different type of, types of stories, how many we can kind of come across and comment and interrupt each other through it all. Pretty much. It's, it's going to be, you know, a lot of the rapid fire that you came to love and know. It's rapid fire 2.0. That's, yes, That's basically exactly. what we're telling you. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But like you said, too, the biggest change with it is the timing. Yes, 7.30. It was always 7.30, but we'll also do it at nine, at 8.30, maybe even 9.30. See how that goes. Listen, I, I'm excited about all this. Yes. Obviously, the biggest news is Jen coming back. We're all happy about that. It's just the greatest feel-good story of all time. I'm excited about rapid fire coming back. I cannot get past the fact that we have audio messages from listeners. I, I, absolute, I absolutely love this. What happened with Rapid Fire? I mean, anything. This is a whole new element. It really does. And here yeah. we are with the app, which when, we, when they rebuilt the thing like a year ago, the whole time I had no idea you could send audio messages. We could have been talking about this the whole time. I mean, I, I You're guess. You're full of crap. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, there was one of my favorite messages we ever got was from a listener through the app. 
It was a message, not an audio message, just a regular one. We were talking about the World Cup. I think his oh. name is Mario. Oh, this is Mario. Right? Yeah. Mario said, you two bozos wouldn't know a soccer ball if it hit you in the head. Now imagine if that was an audio message. We would play that forever. It was wonderful. What happened with Rapid Fire? <laughs> It's a whole new ball game. We're just telling you. So I guess you can find it on the app. There's like a little microphone talk to us type thing and you can send us a message that way. We haven't found it yet, but you guys have. By all means. (laughs) All right. Uh, A couple of headlines coming up next, but more importantly, this is also has organically turned into a new segment too. We didn't even tell Jen about this. This last segment of the show, stuff we didn't get to before because we ran out of time or we were just really, basically it's filler. This is the kitchen junk drawer segment. Mm Mm-hmm. Things the like of, like like this, top 10 excuses we use to cancel a date. Okay. We've got the Ukrainian refugees who got Super Bowl tickets for some reason. Fun. <laughs> uh, a little bit on the Netflix cracking down on password sharing. But I got to give you this story and get your reaction. Listen to this. If you can come up with a crazier story than this, you win. <laughs> Guy came home to his neighbor wearing his clothes, eating his food, and a fire raging in the background. What? I told you. It's coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Speaking of our friend Joyce, we were just talking. You brought up the uh, the question, the conundrum, Diener. What movie could you watch over and over and over and over and over again in a loop like that guy that watched uh, uh, Groundhog Day? She had a good one. Spaceballs. I love Spaceballs. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> it's a great idea, Joyce. Yeah, what does that make us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> We've been jammed. It's strawberry. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so love good. that movie. And uh, by the way, uh, the 850 mobile app is where you find the uh, morning show blog as well, as well as uh, 850wftl.com. We've got the story of the kid. Totally understandable. It's not even outlandish anymore. Ordered a thousand bucks worth of food from Grubhub, and his dad was mystified. But the story is on there. I guess it's a warning to everybody. I don't know. It could happen so easily. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, how many of us parents and... I'm right there with an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Absolutely. We let them play on our phones. We have little apps on there for them that, that they can play. And then all of a sudden, they end up on Grubhub, and there's your credit card information stored and saved, and they start hitting ice cream and pizza, and all of a sudden, you're paying $1,000 for delivery. That's how you knew it wasn't a mistake, either. The kid ordered, like, seven pizzas and two tubs of ice cream. Those are kids' foods. He's got good taste. Ah, I don't blame him. <laughs> Also, we've got the, uh, what else do you have on there? You've got the story about the the, the uh, Punxsutawney Phil thing? Oh, yeah. we As got, it happened live? Yep. We got Punxsutawney Phil on there. In case you missed it, we have the whole celebration there in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. People partying, going wild, things getting out of control. I know they're all hammered. I know that it's a drunk <laughs> fest, but I will never understand it. And most of the time, he says six more weeks of winter. And most of the time, he's wrong. We found out 39% accuracy since uh, 1880s. Very wrong. Since they started this. But they just announced six more weeks of winter, even though it's not a real thing. And they're cheering it. Yeah, why that too? I don't know. See, because now picture this. You're out there this morning in Punxsutawney there on Gobbler's Knob. Right. Strange name to begin with. And it's 15 degrees. It was absolutely stone cold freezing there this morning. Right. In central Pennsylvania. You're going to cheer when you find out you're going to have six more weeks of that? <laughs> I don't get it. it could have been anything. It could yeah. have been like, we just towed all your cars. Yay! <laughs> more vodka. They think they broke the record, though. 40,000 uh, hearty souls. God bless them. Showing up. God love you. <clears throat> of course, just to say this one more time, I know it's horrifying, but in these little <laughs> factoids that came out today, among all the things like 
39% of the time. He's only been right. You know, they started it in 1886. That's when it was. Okay. Here's the shocker. They used to eat him. I still can't believe this. They used to eat him after he made the prediction. They rip him <laughs> out of the hole. Makes the, They hold him up by the scruff. Oh, and they throw him right in the pot. There would be like on Thanksgiving if everybody had their turkey and was like, all right, it's happy Thanksgiving. Here's the turkey. Hey, everybody say hi, turkey. And now we're going to go cook them. <laughs> Jeez. Well, isn't it kind of weird when they have like, you know, kids' classrooms and stuff. They have Tom the turkey. It's uh, yeah. Well, you're going to chop his head off. Yeah, well, you know, here's that. <clears throat> they they have notes from the, the cup, first couple of uh, Punxsutawney Phil predictions from way back when, the 1800s. There's a description of the dinner. They said Phil was tender. Oh, poor Phil. <laughs> Oh, no. That is horrifying. That's a shame. Anyway. Yes. Here's a feel-good story to try to make it, try to make that all better for you. Of yes, course, please. the Super Bowl is right around the corner. <laughs> and this is the time of the year where we get all the feel-good story, um, Super Bowl ticket stories. Two Ukrainian refugees are heading to the big game. I thought, hmm, well, that's, how does that happen? A couple near Kansas City sponsored them last year. They've been all living together. They were at the AFC Championship game last week all together. Well, that's nice. When the Chiefs uh, got involved and punched their ticket to the Super Bowl and gave both couples tickets to the big game. Wow. All right. So the Chiefs So the Chiefs found out about the story. The Chiefs organization found out they're Ukrainian uh, folks. Okay. And they're headed out to the big game. I don't listen. I don't fault anybody. It's just after doing so many of these stories, we're, we're jaded and, and charred and, you know, yeah. It's pretty much how we see things. And they're like, yeah, we're going to big game. I'm worried about my family back home, but we're going. <laughs> Hope my family's okay. But hey, we're going to the Super Bowl. This, this was the moment. It was hard for me, but uh, I wanted uh, my family to be in safe. These are some tickets to the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks where hopefully you will have a chance to cheer on the Chiefs. He starts off, I just, well, I hope my family back home is safe. I'd love to get them over here. We're going to the game! <laughs> I think I would, like, sell those on, on StubHub or something to try to get my family back. <laughs> Pay for some plane tickets and apply for some visas. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I hope they have fun. All right. Here's a crazy story for you. And if you got a crazier one, you win. I'll just give you the headline. Guy comes home to his neighbor wearing his clothes, eating his food, and a fire raging in the background. Yeah, I can't beat that. Nope. Let's go to happening. Rochester, New York for this one, Diener. Guy got home on Monday. He found his upstairs neighbor. So it's an apartment duplex kind of situation. Gotcha. Where, like I said, wearing his clothes, eating his food, and the fire raging. What is going on? Neighbor got in by kicking his door down, made himself right at home. Sounds like the fire was in the living room. This is not outside. This is all inside. What, this guy put, like, pillows in the middle of the living room and just <laughs> do a bonfire? What's going, what is he doing? Police say it's all intentional, obviously. Jeez. He didn't start it by mistake while he was cooking. This was an intentional... It's arson, is what it is, even though he was still in there in the place. There's got to be some beef going on with these two neighbors. Like, there's, there's something we don't know about. Whole building didn't go up, but the fire did burn a hole through the ceiling before the firefighters showed up and put it out. Holy moly. The guy and another person had to hold the neighbor down until first responders got there. He's facing charges for, there it is, arson, burglary, and criminal mischief. What's wrong with this guy? A lot. <laughs> Imagine that. You come home. Hey, neighbor. 
Hope you don't mind me eating this cereal. Are you wearing my clothes? Why is my house on fire? (laughs) Yeah, but what do you notice? You know what I would notice first? I swear to God, he's got my clothes on. Yeah, probably, yeah. And the apartment's on fire. (laughs) Oh, wait, and it's on fire, too? Yeah, this can't get any worse. Oh, it's on fire. Oh, oh, good Lord. What a weird... Hey, there are some weird people out there, I'll tell you. Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, Not any weirder than this. This is our update from our story from... um, well, it was like two weeks ago, I think. Remember that Iowa story of the care facility in Iowa? Oh, yeah. This was this was on our morning show blog, actually. That falsely pronounced the lady dead? I'm not dead. <laughs> here's, your, here's your update. They have now faced a fine of 10000 bucks after falsely pronouncing a resident dead. Iowa Department of Inspections and Appeals issued a two-state violation against Glen Oaks Alzheimer's Care Center in, in Urbandale. Oh, no. Do you remember, though... The call and how calm the the morgue worker was when she was alerting the just person. Just so you know, this female was transported there deceased, and she is not. They are <laughs> no. in the chapel, and she is on a cot. I'm looking at her right now. She's not dead. We're talking. We're having a conversation. <laughs> this was a patient from the Alzheimer's Center, and they sent her away. Now, that's horrifying. Oh, my god! And it makes you wonder, like, what else is going on at this care? And you, and you worry about the residents, right? Sure. But at least the good takeaway is that lady that they had originally pronounced dead, she's okay. That's true. She's fine. She's back She's back at the care facility. I'm sure her family wants her out now. I was going to say, I would not, if I'm her family, I would say, you know what? I think we're going to find a different care center. Oh, my God. So let's, let's play this one safe. And only a $10,000 fine. Yeah, what is that? Slap know. on the wrist. All right, we got to get out of here. Jeez. We've got the uh, we've got the Friday show coming up tomorrow. We'll Ooh. have all kinds of stuff for you. We've got to, we'll see if there's any more documents from another Joe Biden home, maybe. Never know. And other things. It starts at 6 a.m. We'll see you then. News Talk 850 WFTL.